Well, I am going to do kind of a, a part two to our holiday series here because someone had emailed me a message and wanted to have some clarification because there is a guy named William J. Federer who uh, has written that Jesus would have been born on December 25th and seemed to have some pretty ironclad proof that uh, Jesus was born when Christmas takes place. So I wanted to kind of just give an answer for that. I do want you to understand before we get into this that uh, this is not a salvation issue. Uh, he is going to be clearly wrong, as I will show you, but um, the reason I'm even talking about it is not because it's a salvation issue, but because truth is important. Truth matters, because if we do not let Scripture be our source of truth, then what ends up happening is we can be led astray and deceived in so many other ways. And I think one of the ways or one of the reasons that the devil would like us to believe that Jesus was born on December 25th is to keep us away from the blessings of the festivals that God has ordained, the, 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 the Lord's festivals, the ones that point to Jesus. And um, it's important for us to understand that because these things have meaning for us even today, that all of these festivals are a, uh, the substances of Christ, not only in his first coming, but also his second coming as well. So one of the things that he has in his article is he's basically saying that uh, the shepherds, we keep saying, would not be in the field in the winter. But he said, if you look, the temperature in Jerusalem and in that area, it's about 50 degrees uh, is the average temperature in Jerusalem in the winter, around December. Well, the problem is this. That might be nice for us, but for them, that is very cold. Even today, if you go over there, you will see that the shepherds do not sleep out in the fields with their flocks in the winter. Because while 50 degrees feels nice to somebody who lives in the Midwest when winter can get you know zero or below, uh, for them, that is very cold. And um, we just see that that it just isn't going to be logical for them to do that. Do they take their field, uh, the sheep out in the fields in the daytime? Yes, they do, but they don't sleep with them at night in uh, the winter time. So um, again, we don't know for sure. This is probably not the best argument to use on either side, but nonetheless, what we see culturally even today is no shepherds do not sleep with their sheep out at night in the fields in winter, they bring them home and then sleep because at night it's not 50 degrees. It gets colder than that. So anyway, that's just a kind of a quick argument that he used. Another one that was rather quick was this. He said that the winter solstice is really around December 17th to the 23rd. It's not December 25th and therefore December 25th uh, being this pagan thing, it has nothing to do with that. Well then please tell me why was December 25th picked? It isn't just the winter solstice. It's in general the fact that the days are getting longer. There is no question that throughout history, this is the time that the sun god was worshipped. We're not saying that December 25th had to have been the day that Jesus was born or that it was the day that um, you know it was celebrated each and every year. But it was this time, this winter solstice, it's around this time that uh, the, the pagan festivals were indeed being celebrated. And therefore, uh, the connection is still there regardless of uh, what day the winter solstice is. Because it did change from year to year. Uh, it wasn't 
that you could set an exact date. So December 25th came to be uh, that time that those gods were celebrated, the, the sun gods. So again, uh, not a big deal uh, either way. Um, I think we're going to, my main reason in talking about this are some of the other things, and that is this. We see that the Bible tells us in 1 Chronicles chapter 24 that David had set up 24 divisions or courses of, of priests. In other words, there would be a priest that would serve every week or one week, and then uh, another priestly line would serve the following week. So you had to have 24 weeks. What that means is, if you were a priest, you would serve twice a year. And your cycle from the first one to the end is a 24-week cycle. I'll explain that a little bit more as we go. The Bible tells us as well that the first cycle, the first course of priests, was served by Jehoiarib. And then we see seven weeks later after that, the, on the eighth week we see the course of Abijah was then to rule. John the Baptist's father, Zechariah, a high priest, was serving in the course of Abijah. In other words, the eighth course, or eight weeks after Jehoiarib. Now, one interesting thing is, is that with 24 priests, you get a 168-day cycle. That means your cycle does not end at the end of every year. You will be serving at a different month every year. Another interesting thing is this, that you take seven years, and in seven years you will complete 15 perfect cycles of priests. In other words, seven being a very biblical figure, a Sabbath of years, is how long it would take for you to complete 15 cycles or come back to an even year. If you started January 1st, then 15 cycles later, or seven years later, you would complete the cycle on January 1st. So that's kind of how the, the cycles worked out. But let me just give you a visual of this to kind of give you a, a better explanation of what I'm talking about. Let's say Jehoiarib, which we know the scriptures tell us, was the first one to begin serving in the temple on that Sabbath. So we would say August 2nd is when Jehoiarib, that J is what that stands for, Jehoiarib would be serving. Eight weeks later, September 13th, Abijah would begin. Now what that means though then is Jehoiarib would not serve again then until the 25th week which would be January 4th and then Abijah February 15th. Now we see Jehoiarib has served twice in that year. Then we're going to see however that 52 weeks in a year means week 49 Jehoiarib would be back again. So he's going to get three that year because of this cycle. But Abijah then begins July 26th, the fourth week of that year. So my point is, is you can see Jehoiarib is serving in August, in January, and in June, and then next would be in November. You are not serving the same month each year. 
Why is that? Well, because God is a fair God. And I'm going to show you this coming up, but bottom line, this would allow so that one priest wasn't always serving in the winter every year. And you go, oh man, how come I got the short straw and I have to serve in the winter every year? This way, with this cycle, that you would be able to serve throughout all times, and it was very fair for the priests that way. So one of the things this article points out is that the Jewish calendar is a lunar calendar and the Roman calendar is a solar calendar. And with that information, we know that the Babylonian Talmud records that the first temple was destroyed by the Babylonians in around 587 BC. And the Babylonian Talmud tells us that that was on the 9th of Av, which is basically August on the Roman calendar. And from the 9th of Av then, we see that John the Baptist, well, let me put it this way first, Jehoiarib was serving in that temple when it was destroyed, the, the course of Jehoiarib, and that's what the Talmud records us. We also have this extra biblical source here, this book, The Life of Jesus the Redeemer, and it tells us that when the second temple fell, it was on the same day, the ninth of Av, but in 70 AD that the temple fell. And guess who was serving in the temple? But the course of Jehoiarib once again. And so we take two months from that, uh, two weeks, or I'm sorry, two months, rather eight weeks basically to get to the course of Abijah. And we see that according to that, that John the Baptist's dad, Zechariah, would be serving in the temple on the end of September. So, John the Baptist is going to be born nine months after that. End of September, you have October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May. The end of June is then when John the Baptist would be born. The scriptures tell us that Jesus is about six months younger than John the Baptist. So, you go from the end of June, from when John the Baptist is born, you have to go six months. July, August, September, October, November, and the end of December, and Jesus would be born. And so this is what this article is saying. It seems to be, you know, proof that Jesus was born December, the end of December. Because we've got two records telling us when Jehoiarib was ruling, when the temple fell on the first time and the second time, both on the ninth of Av. You take that, it seems, how can you argue with that? Well, it goes back to what I was explaining to you before, and it is actually quite simple. Remember that they were not serving the same time every year. Jehoiarib was serving in the temple in 583 B.C., yes, at, uh, you know, basically August, the first part of August. And also in 70 A.D., in the first part of August. But Jesus was not born in any of those times. Jesus was born in around 3 or 4 BC. And what we see there in 3 BC, which is pretty much what I believe that uh, he was born, is we see that in 3 BC that it is not at that time, but rather it would have been perfect, as I'm going to show you here in a moment, that Jesus then would have been born at the Feast of tabernacles. So just to give you an example here, in 70 AD 
we see Jehoiarib would be ruling or serving in the temple August 2nd. But you jump ahead to 71 AD, he would be serving then in um, uh, basically November. So it changes every year, as I said. And what this guy was doing is he's taking the dates of 583 and 70 AD as the starting point to show you when Abijah was ruling in 3 BC, and that's just not correct. So um, that is why this just is completely wrong. And we even see the Jews themselves, who do a very good job of keeping their calendar, showing us that um, this is wrong. Now, I want to just show you scripturally here how we know some of these things as well. Uh, that David set 24 priestly courses. And we read about this at the time of uh, Jehoiada in Second Chronicles chapter 23, verse 8. It says, The Levites and all Judah did according to all that Jehoiada the priest commanded. And each man took his men who were to be on duty on the Sabbath with those who were going off duty on the Sabbath. For Jehoiada the priest had not dismissed the divisions. In other words, what you see is, is that they serve from Sabbath to Sabbath. And because some people say, well, maybe they served longer. No, we know biblically that they served one week from Sabbath to Sabbath. The other thing that we see is the Bible also tells us that when God set up these things in Leviticus and Deuteronomy, the priestly order, that he wanted it to be fair. And it says, so if a Levite comes from any of your gates, from where he dwells among all Israel, and comes with all the desire of his mind to the place which Yahweh chooses, then he may serve him in the name of Yahweh his God, his Elohim, as all his brethren the Levites do, who stand there before Yahweh. They shall have equal portions to eat, besides what comes from the sale of his inheritance. So the Jews have said that, they, they looked at this and they said, well, God wants it to be fair. And that is what I was saying before, that... Um, when they serve 168-day cycles, you don't serve the same time each year. That way somebody doesn't get stuck in winter each time. And with that said, we also see that many of these, the priests were all to serve during the time of the festivals as well. That way that, uh, you know, one guy didn't get stuck every year serving when it was the busiest time of year. So, or you might even say be blessed and be able to have the honor of serving at that time. But anyway, what we're going to show you then is that the angel Gabriel would have appeared to Zechariah, John the Baptist's father, during the course of Abijah. The scriptures are clear about that in Luke chapter 1. So understanding that, we know the Jewish calendar shows us that Zechariah would have been on duty in the course of Abijah in the spring, or the third month on the Jewish calendar, which would be our June 16th of 4 BC. Therefore, you just go from there, nine months and so on, you're going to see that Jesus, Yeshua the Messiah, would have been born in the fall of 3 BC. And I'll be a little bit more precise here in a minute. The Jewish calendar here, we see something here from Torah calendar. They kind of go through this, and you will see uh, some specific dates. I don't necessarily think that it is exactly these dates necessarily, but like I said, Jesus was born at the appointed time. That's what Scripture says. Well, that is the same word for the festivals that God uses. That He says that these are to be your appointed feasts, appointed times, the Moedim of God. And if Jesus came at the appointed time, 
it would biblically make sense that Jesus would be born on a festival. So, according to the creation calendar, the Jewish calendar, we're going to see that it does confirm that Abijah was on duty day 21 to day 28, that week, on the third month or the month of June in uh, 4 B.C. John the Baptist most likely then was conceived, probably the next day or right in there, which would be June 25th of 4 B.C., somewhere in there. That means that John would likely be born 266 days later on the 1st of Nisan or Monday, March 18th of 3 B.C. Now again, I'm not saying that that has to be this specific date. I'm just telling you nine months from, from the time that he was serving. So this is exactly six months to the day before Yeshua would be born, they say. Because we know that John the Baptist, when Mary came, uh, Mary, uh, Elizabeth was already six months pregnant. So that means six months later, September 12th, of 3 BC, Yeshua, Jesus, would be born. And guess what's going on then? The Feast of Tabernacles. When the Word became flesh and tabernacled among us is exactly what the scriptures say. So here you have it. June 16th, 4 BC, Zechariah is in the temple. You add nine months for the pregnancy. That puts you at December 4th BC that Jesus would be conceived. That means March 18th, 3 BC, John would be born. And September 12th, 3 BC, Jesus would be born. That is, in a nutshell, how it would play out. My point, though, in explaining all of this again is this, that when you read these articles and saying, well, Abijah was serving and you count seven weeks from August, that's not the way it is because it's, these priests are serving in different months every year. Therefore, you have to go when the course of Jehoiarib was serving in 4 B.C. to figure that out, not 583 B.C. and so on. So, in case you run across those articles, that's the kind of thing that I want you to understand uh, from this message here today. Um, another just kind of a side note that I think is kind of neat. Um, John the Baptist would have been a priest. Remember, his father was a high priest, and therefore he was in the Levitical line. So you can kind of basically, based on these dates that I've just shown you, see that he would have been commissioned as a priest during the, the uh, course that he was assigned to, which he would have been in the course of Abijah, since his father was. And that means you would become a priest or commissioned to be a priest when you were 30 years old. That's according to Scripture. Using these exact same dates, that would have been around March 17th of 28 AD that he would be commissioned. And the Levitical priests were only able to serve from age 30 to age 50, according to Numbers chapter 4. Well, John the Baptist was in the wilderness until the day of his commissioning in Israel according to Luke chapter 1, verse 80. It says, So the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until the day of his commissioning in Israel, is what some translations uh, say. The Greek word here does say commissioning or an installation. So when John declared Jesus Yeshua to be the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world in John chapter 1, 
it would have had a certain meaning to it to those who were hearing because for a sacrifice of God to be acceptable it had to be inspected by a priest and therefore it would have been at this time when John the Baptist was being commissioned or entering the priesthood that he was proclaiming the Lamb of God Yeshua to be an inspected and certified uh, sacrifice by a true Levitical priest then. So kind of a, a cool little side note with Yeshua being born uh, at the time of the Feast of Tabernacles. It also puts this then uh, maybe as a possible date when John the Baptist is declaring our sacrificial lamb to be pure. Anyway, with that, Hopefully that helps clear up a few things for you in case you run across articles like this and makes things a little bit more clear and maybe the Bible a little more rich as well. So God bless you as you continue to study the scriptures and um, just uh, to see the depth and the timing of God's appointed feasts and, and appointed times all around. God bless.